Well, good morning and welcome to our new series called Summer Playlist. I want to welcome everybody who's here. I want to welcome those who have found us online now for our first ever webcast at Highlands Church. We're glad that you're joining us. I also want to say hi to Katie, who is probably going to be watching this video a little later this week. She has a little hip surgery going on tomorrow. So um, as you're recovering, Katie, our prayers are with you, and let's remember to pray for her tomorrow morning as well. And uh, Katie Griffin, in case you don't know her, she has been on staff here forever, and she's just a wonderful part of our staff. I'm excited to get her back after this surgery. Well, songs provide the soundtrack for our lives, don't they? Songs have the ability to move us in ways that mere words cannot move us. So what's on your playlist right now? What are, what are you listening to? Sometimes the things that we listen to can tell us a little bit about who we are, our hopes, our joys, our dreams, our frustrations, and struggles. For the rest of the summer, we are going to be looking at some songs from contemporary culture, as well as some songs from the Bible, and see what they teach us about life. The book of Psalms is the songbook of Scripture. It has some of the most poetic lyrics ever written. The Psalms have been put to music for about 3,000 years. Now, the instrumentation has changed, and the melody lines have changed, but the message has remained consistent. I'm really excited to dive into these Psalms with all of you in the coming weeks as we begin to see so much about what people have experienced with God. And we're going to look at a lot of different types of psalms. Psalms of joy and praise and thanksgiving. Psalms of confession. Psalms of wisdom and trust. And we'll see that many contemporary songs have very similar themes in them as well. You know, when I was a teenager, we used to make mixtapes. Do you remember those? Those were like iPods that you couldn't shuffle. Um, you, you just had to play them in order, and they took a lot longer. If you wanted to make a mix, it took way longer than just creating a playlist, where today you can create any kind of mix that you want in a matter of seconds to capture every mood. Sometimes you want a happy mix. You want, you've, things are going your way, and so you want something that you can just dwell in the light of everything that is glorious in your life. Other times you want a chill mix, because you just want to relax and kick back and be reflective. And sometimes you need a sad mix. You need some songs in minor keys because that's how life is. There are tough days and there are days where it just seems like nothing is going right for you or where you're facing hardship. And you need songs that can put words and tones to the feelings that you're experiencing. People of old had sad songs too. They called them laments. Laments are songs of complaint and they're pleas for help. And the Bible has a lot of sad songs. In fact, the reason we're starting with this is because laments are the most common type of psalm in the entire books of Psalm. About a third of the psalms are laments. But before we talk about those, let's see how well you know some songs from a little bit more recent times, we're going to give you, we're going to play some snippets of some songs from the last few decades, and we want to get you to see if you can tell us who the artist on that song is. So these are some sad songs. Here we go. Here comes number one. Never mind. 
was that? Adele. Adele, yes, someone like you. Okay, song number two. Who was that? You didn't even have to hear her sing and you knew who that one was. All right, number three. And the tears come streaming down your face. Coldplay. Yeah, so far you're three for three. This is good. That was Fix You. We've got two more. Here comes the fourth one. Spend all your time waiting for that second chance. I'm already hearing. Sarah McLaughlin, yes, her song Angel. Now let's take it back a few decades for this last one. Air supply, yeah, five for five. Give yourselves a round of applause. That was great. So those are some sad songs from the last 35 years or so, but let's take it back even further now, about 3,000 years, and let's read Psalm 22. This was a psalm that was written by King David, and it has some really remarkable language and metaphors and, and beautiful stuff in it, but it's also a very, very difficult and hard psalm to read um, because it does it just it gives us a lot of pain and anguish at the same time. So let's read Psalm 22, and let's start with the introduction before we get into verse 1, because I think this is important to see what, what the Psalms, many of them, were used for. It says, For the director of music, to the tune of the doe of the morning, a Psalm of David. And then verse 1, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from the words of my groaning? Oh my God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer. By night, and am not silent. Yet you are enthroned as the Holy One. You are the praise of Israel. And you, our fathers, put their trust. They trusted, and you delivered them. They cried to you, and were saved. And you, they trusted, and were not disappointed. And then let's skip to verse 12. It says, many bulls surround me, strong bulls of Bashan encircle me, roaring lions tearing their prey, open their mouths wide against me. I'm poured out like water and all my joints are out of, all my bones are out of joints. My heart has turned to wax. It has melted away within me. My strength is dried up like a potsherd and my tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You lay me in the dust of death. I told you this was a sad song. Dogs have surrounded me. A band of evil men has encircled me. They have pierced my hands and my feet. I can count all my bones. People stare and gloat over me. They divide my garments among them and cast lots for my clothing. But you, O Lord, be not far off. O my strength, come quickly to help me. Deliver my life from the sword, my precious life from the power of dogs. Rescue me from the mouth of the lions. Save me from the horns of the wild oxen. This is the word of God. And as we listen to this word this morning, I'm reminded that a lot of people, when they first encounter the Psalms, they're amazed at the audacity that people have in approaching God in this way, and that it's in the Bible that you can go to God and you can just 
complain to him so bitterly and openly. They can't believe it. See, the Psalms give us a language for approaching God with our sadness and our stories of hardship when things aren't going our way. I love the Psalms because they don't mask true human emotion. They give us the full experience of what it means to be humans. I think sometimes we in Christian culture, we project this idea that you have to be happy all of the time, that you have to have a smile on your face. And today, I want to give you permission, if this is how you're feeling, to be sad. I want you to know that you don't have to be to pretend that you're happy every time you walk through our doors. It's okay not to be okay. And it's downright biblical. So let's dive into this psalm a little bit. Um, This psalm has five different elements that are very common elements to psalms of laments. And so let's see what they can teach us. Um, By the way, five elements are listed in your bulletin right under the scripture reading as well today. So the first element is the cry. This is where we just cry out to God. In this passage, there is a threefold cry of my God. In the first two verses, David says that three times. And it's a very personal cry. He doesn't say, oh God, or just God. He says, my God, revealing a person who had a personal relationship with the one to whom he was speaking. So that's the first element. It's the shortest element. It's the quickest element. It's the cry, the cry out to God. The next element that's common in these Psalms of Lament is the actual lament or the complaint. This is where we, the writer defines what the crisis is. And in the Old Testament and the Psalms, there are all sorts of reasons that people wrote laments. Mockery by others, malicious or false claims of enemies, warfare, disease, drought, and danger were all reasons that people used. Uh, Likewise, today we have many laments in our culture as well. If you listen to country music, then you're very much aware of this. You've probably heard a song about the girl that broke the guy's heart, stole his truck, and kicked his dog. (laughs) But on a more serious note... People can lament over hard things like lost love, financial hardship, a demotion or a termination at work, faithfulness that feels like it's not being rewarded, relational turmoil, feeling sick or hungry or depleted, an enemy who seems to be prospering at your expense, or a loved one who's hurting. In this particular psalm, the reason for the lament is this feeling of abandonment. David looks to God and says, why have you forsaken me? Perhaps you can relate to that. Here's this man who from his youth had a very profound connection with God and knew that God was with him. So much so that he was willing to go and face a giant that nobody else, grown men, would not face even as a youth. And yet now, that sense of God's presence with him seems that it is completely departed. He feels entirely alone. He says, why are you so far from saving me? I cry out by day, but you don't answer. Have you ever felt like God has abandoned you? Well, this psalm teaches us that it's okay to go to God and be honest with him about that with our complaints. 
And David certainly has a flair for the dramatic in this passage, if you didn't notice. He, he likens his enemies to the bulls of Bashan. Uh, and these, these bulls, they were known for their size. Bashan was this place with rich and lush vegetation. And so the bulls were, were large and they were strong and they became a symbol of human pride. He likened his enemies to roaring lions who just tear apart their prey. He likened them to dogs. Now, David did not see dogs as man's best friends like we do today. Dogs in his day were known to be those that roamed around snarling and looking for food. They would go in large groups to the dumps and they would carry diseases. And so this was not a positive thing to be called a dog by David. Do you ever feel like you are being surrounded by roaring lions, by, by prideful bulls, by ravenous dogs? Scripture doesn't ignore these moments. And it doesn't say, if you had more faith, you wouldn't be experiencing that circumstance. That's not what it says. Having faith doesn't mean that you will be free from sadness or hardship in your life. Scripture recognizes that these things are real and that they are a part of our experiences and it allows you to feel them. The third element of the psalm of lament is the petition. This is where the writer asks God to intervene, to do something about all of this bad stuff that's happening. And there's this emphatic shift in Psalm 22 when David, which we read earlier, where David talks about after all this litany of evils that have befallen him, David looks to God and he says, But you, O Lord, be not far off. O my strength, come quickly to help me. Deliver my life from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dogs. Rescue me from the mouth of the lions. Save me from the horns of the wild oxen. So you'll note that he goes back through those animals he had talked about before, the dogs, the lions, the oxen, or the bulls. And he tells God, save me from all of these things. So a petition like this does two things for us. First, it enables us to articulate what it is that we need. And second, it reminds us that God has the power to help us. It takes us away from the illusion of control and puts us in the place where we trust that God is the one who has full control of our lives and of our world, and he is powerful. So the third element is the petition. The fourth element is the statement of confidence. This is what keeps a person from being stuck in the complaining mode, stuck in the role of perpetual victim. This is what distinguishes a psalm of lament from a Facebook post. I don't know about you, but sometimes I'm looking on Facebook and my feed is just filled with one complaint after another after another. People are complaining about their job, their home, their friends, their family. They're complaining it's too hot while somebody else is complaining it's too cold. Then you find the person who's complaining about the people complaining on Facebook. Most times the complaints just go there and maybe there's some comments and there's some likes and those sorts of things, but, but they just kind of stay there and, and don't go anywhere with them. Psalms of lament do something different. They remind us that there is something bigger than our temporary hardship or our temporary suffering. David writes, And you, our fathers, put their trust. They trusted 
and you delivered them. They cried to you and you were saved. And, and they cried to you and were saved. In you they trusted and were not disappointed. In these verses, David remembers who God is. And as he recalls his work in the past, he remembers that God is trustworthy. He remembers his character and he remembers his care. And he claims those promises in his life, even though he can't see evidence of God at work. Putting our trust and our confidence in a God that we cannot see and seems absent is really hard. There's this old scene from a movie that that really speaks to me about this. The movie is called The Bear, and it used to get played on TV all the time years and years ago. It's the story of an orphan bear cub who basically gets adopted by this large Kodiak bear. And that Kodiak bear becomes his father and protects him and teaches him so many different things. And the, the little cub imitates everything that he sees his dad doing. But then one day, the cub gets separated from the big Kodiak father bear And it's at this moment that a mountain lion that had been stalking this cub for quite some time sees an opportunity and begins to move in. As the little bear sees this this mountain lion get close and ready to pounce, it does what its father bear had done and just kind of mimics what he had seen. He stands up on his hind legs and he puts his paws up and he lets out this little roar that's cute, but it's not very scary. And so at first, this mountain lion seems undeterred. But then the camera focuses in on the lion, and you see it register a look of fear and turn and go the other way. The camera pans back to the, the cub, and the cub seems just as surprised as anyone that this has happened. Did, did the roar work? But then the camera pans out, and you get to see what the little bear can't see, And that is the giant father bear standing up behind him on his hind legs with his paws up, ready to attack the attacker. The little story illustrates something about God for me, and that is that when we can't see God, it doesn't mean that he's not there. And when we can't hear God, it doesn't mean that he's not working on our behalf. We may feel abandoned, but we are never alone. So in this fourth section of the lament, we proclaim our trust in God, even if we can't see him. And the fifth element of the lament is the vow of praise. This element builds upon the statement of confidence that came before it. A psalm of lament may begin with pain, but it ends with trust and with praise. I haven't read it all from the the end of the psalm today. We stopped at verse 21 today. But the last 10 verses give us some of the most beautiful statements of praise that you could imagine from somebody who's living in turmoil. Let me just read some excerpts for you. It says, I will declare your name to my brothers. In the congregation, I will praise you. From you comes the theme of my praise in the great assembly. Before those who fear you, Will I fulfill my vows? All the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nations will bow down before him. For dominion belongs to the Lord, and he rules over the nations. The tormented man still finds it in him to praise God. And that's what faith can do. 
it can, take, it can make praise burst forth in the most unlikely circumstances. It can enable a person to say, God, I'm going to praise you even as I walk through this valley because I know who you are and what you've done in the past. And so those are the five elements. Again, they are all printed in your bulletin, so you can take those home today. And now that we've looked at those five elements in this psalm, there's something else that I have to say about this particular psalm. This psalm gets quoted in the New Testament. Listen to the cry of Jesus on the cross as recorded in Matthew 27, verse 46. The verse says, About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lema samachthani, which means, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Many have read these words and not known what to make of them. It sounds like Jesus has no hope when he's on the cross and as all of the sin of the world is laid upon him and there is a breach between in his relationship with the Father. It seems like he has no hope. But it helps to recognize that Jesus was quoting the very first line of Psalm 22. And at this time, it was not uncommon for, a psalm, for somebody to call to mind an entire psalm by just saying the first few lines. So we need to take this whole psalm into account when we consider what Jesus said on the cross. And as we've seen, this is a song that is filled with hope and praise and trust in the midst of trial. Jesus' cry of forsakenness was not a cry of hopelessness. It was the exact opposite. That Jesus was calling this whole psalm into mind becomes even clearer when you read some of the lines from this psalm in light of what happened to Jesus on the cross. You may recall that when Jesus was on the cross, he was mocked. The people said, he saved others, he can't save himself. And that others cast lots for his clothing. So now let's read several verses from Psalm 22, written a thousand years before the time of Christ, as a psalm that actually was the perfect prayer for Jesus on the cross. Listen to some of the things that it says. All who see me, they hurl insults, shaking their heads. He trusts in the Lord. Let the Lord rescue him. Let him deliver him since he delights in him. I'm poured out like water and all my bones are out of joint. My heart has turned to wax. It has melted away within me. Dogs have surrounded me. A band of evil men has encircled me. They have pierced my hands and my feet. I can count all my bones. People stare and gloat over me. They divide my garments among them and cast lots from my clothing. Crazy, right? Psalm 22 offered this perfect prophetic prayer about Jesus and what he would go through, our Savior on the cross. One of the most beautiful things about the cross is that it reminds us when we face hardship, when we're in pain, when we feel abandoned, we have a God who totally understands what that's like and has taught us that we can still praise him and have trust in God even in the midst of the worst trial we've ever experienced in our life. So today, I want to encourage you 
to allow yourself to feel. If you feel sadness, I want to give you permission to feel that and to present those feelings to God. There's a woman named Jerry Scazzaro who's written this really courageous book called I Quit. As a woman who spent her adult life in ministry, she got to a point where she said, I'm going to quit pretending everything is okay when it's not. I'm going to quit worrying about what everybody else thinks that has expectations of me. I'm going to quit faulty thinking and be honest about how I'm feeling. I want to give you permission to do the same thing today. Being honest about our sadness can actually help us plumb new depths of life with God. Scazzaro says that it's given her a great compassion for other people in their sadness to be finally honest with her own sadness. And she says that when we're not honest, we tend to self-medicate. When we're not honest, we tend to escape into shopping, working, watching TV, food binges, drugs and alcohol, fantasies, and so much more. It's much healthier for us to be honest about our feelings. As we close today, I want to give you a little assignment for this week. I want to encourage you to take those five elements that are in your bulletin today of a psalm of lament and use them as a guide and write your own psalm of lament. Now, many of these psalms are going to be very personal. You're going to be sharing all the ways that you feel that that you've been wronged and everything that's been unfair to you, and it's just going to be for you. You're going to approach God boldly, and you're going to write these things. But if you would like to share what you've written with others, then I want to encourage you, let's, let's take the complaining on Facebook just a little bit further, and let's actually make it a full psalm of lament. Let's not just make it a complaint. Let's make it a lament. So come and post it on the churches on Highlands Church Facebook page and so that you can share that with others and they can be blessed by your journey of faith in the midst of hardship. I want to encourage you to do that this week. But even if you don't want to post it, I encourage you to write one for yourself. There is a time for everything, writes the author of Ecclesiastes. A time to weep and a time to, a time to mourn and a time to dance. Let's not deny the difficult parts of life. Let's be honest and let's live into all of human experiences. And as we go into the depths of human pain, may we find Jesus there waiting for us with open arms. Let us pray. Lord, I thank you for the gift of music. What a blessing. I thank you that music is something that can speak to every emotion and can meet us and put words to our feelings and tones. Lord, I I just ask that as we go through this series that you would help us to get a language with which we can approach you in worship and song that helps us to, to find reason to praise and to trust you through all of life's circumstances. So Lord, meet us in this series, meet us in your word, and meet us through the power of your beautiful songs. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.